You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. If you want everything God wants for you, I want you just to say, I want it. There's a depth, there's an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that's available for every single one of us. And sometimes it comes in a still, small voice. And in this series called Discover the Holy Spirit, we have grown in our understanding and grown in our practice. We've said, hey, this is a safe place to practice the spiritual gifts, right? There's confidence that grows. There's a frequency that grows. We are developing. We are growing as we discover the Holy Spirit. And when we say the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the advocate according to Scripture, the one that comes alongside of us, and we need the Holy Spirit. And so we've been looking at who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do? And it's a He, it's a person, right? And what does the Holy Spirit, or when does He show up? And when He shows up, what happens when that happens? And the goal here has been to discover the Holy Spirit to have a fresh touch from the, from the Lord, to make room in our services for God to move. We want to honor the Holy Spirit, and we want to build a case in every single person's life for the Holy Spirit to be at work in each and every one of you. And I believe that God, He's helping us to do that. My prayer, and I've said this every single week, has been, Lord, help us to attract and to cultivate an atmosphere that attracts the presence of God. And the Lord is doing that. You say, well, why is that so important? Why would that be so good? Well, the reason is because when we attract the presence of God here, it empowers us to, be a diff- to make a difference outside of these four walls to reach one more. And most recently, we've been studying the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Some people call them the manifestation gifts. And, uh, <clears throat> and what's uh, interesting is we studied this. There are some faith traditions that don't embrace these gifts. They don't believe them. That they, they say that these gifts stopped their operation uh, after the apostles uh, were, were passed at, with the new Jesus. And I would just say, that is not true. Now, I'm not here to offend anyone. I want to encourage you to seek it out for yourself. Dive into the Word of God. Let the Lord guide you. And as you seek Him, I believe the Lord will reveal these things. And we should all be responsible believers. Don't take my word for it. Get into Scripture and find out for yourself. Amen? As we talked about these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot to discuss. When we first laid out this series, we said, well, I I thought we'd take one week on all nine gifts, and we decided to take them into sections of three, three groups of three, and the first group uh, is the revelation gifts, and we talked about those last week. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And I want to pause right here. Those gifts are for you and for your family and for our church body. And they are for us to be a witness outside of these four walls. That's the revelation gifts. The week before that, we talked about the power gifts. Gifts of faith, gifts of healing, and miraculous powers. And God, he, we serve a God that does miracles that still heals and gives us great faith. And let me pause here for a second. We need these gifts. You need it for your family, for your life, for this church body, and for outside of these four walls. And then the last group of three is the inspiration gifts. Gifts of tongues, gift of interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. We're going to dive into those here momentarily, but pause for a moment. You need these gifts. Your family needs these gifts. Our church body needs these gifts. And people outside these four walls need these gifts to be active. We need these. That's why the Apostle Paul said, do not be uninformed. Don't be ignorant about these spiritual gifts. And so we need to position ourselves in a place where we can not only understand and learn, but we can position ourselves to be used in these gifts. 
And when we do that, there's confidence that's built. And the truth is, you may have already been operating in some of these gifts, and you just didn't have a label or, or a way to contextualize it or to, to describe what it is. Now, before we dive in, there, I want to remind us that we've been talking about uh, that Tim Enloe in his book called Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dove. It's a book that we've made available, and I'm not sure where we are. We had a bunch out this morning, and we've ordered more. Another 30 copies are coming. And so if you didn't get your copy, or if you want a copy, you can write your name down on the list and grab what's out there. And uh, we're next week, uh, hopefully we'll have, make sure that everyone has got a copy uh, that wants one. But anyway, in that, uh, we t he talks about that as humans, we only have uh, so far we can go in the natural. We have limitations as human beings, right? Let's go to that. There's natural wisdom, skill, and awareness, but we can only go so far. And then there's this, this idea, the ceiling of the natural realm. And then above that is God's ability, right? And his ability is limitless, right? Supernatural. And, there's, and so what happens is with the gift of the Holy Spirit, these nine gifts, it breaks through that natural realm, brings heaven to earth, and it opens up the ability to bring to, for God to work in and through us. And it's incredible that God gives us these gifts. And so anyway, we want to make sure that we're aware of these things and we want good teaching around them. And so let's start with the inspiration gifts. There are three of them. The inspirations, these should inspire you. These should uh, bring uh, joy to your life, and they certainly will. And the first one that we want to discuss today is the gift of tongues. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, now about the spirit or the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some of your Bibles might say you don't want to be ignorant of these things. And this is important. And then in verse 10, it says to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. Some of your versions may say diverse tongues or speaking in tongues. Now, this topic within the body of Christ, the church as a whole, can be a divisive topic. It can be explosive uh, within the body. There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of uh, uh, you know, difference of opinion around these gifts. And it's interesting. You say, well, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's so much controversy around these things? I believe it's because this gift in particular is so powerful. And how many know when the enemy sees something that's powerful and that the enemy doesn't understand, we'll talk about that in a second, he will attack. And I think he does that within the body of Christ. And that's why we're taking our time to learn, to understand, and so we can be confident and we can have boldness and we can be used in greater, with greater frequency to use these nine spiritual gifts. Now, when it comes to the gift of tongues, there are actually two types of tongues. The first one is tongues for a prayer, for prayer. And that's the initial physical evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's a personal prayer language. And it does not need to be interpreted. Again, it's a personal prayer language. And we're speaking in the tongues of men and of angels. And it's powerful gift. The second is the tongues for signs that's in a public use it needs a an interpretation and what's interesting we're going to see today is that it's not for you if you know jesus and you have jesus in your heart it's for the unsaved but let's dive into the first one it's a big topic tongues for prayer in first corinthians 14 verse 14 it says my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful it's a big topic and we've spent some time on pentecost sunday we talked about the baptism in the holy spirit brian ledbeck was with us and then on wednesday night that followed that up though the um, our discovery night we talked about the initial physical evidence we shared our stories and where god gives a prayer language and if you've been reading along with your soap reading, we've read through the book of Acts, and we've seen a pattern when the Holy Spirit, when the baptize, when a believer is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they would speak in tongues. And what's great about this gift in particular, it is for every single 
believer. Every single one of you are eligible to be used in this gift. It's a prayer language, and you're praying an unknown language. It's like you have a little superpower, but it's not like Marvel where you know, it's just fantasy. It's actually happening. You're speaking in a language that you don't understand, but God does. And it's a gift to be used all the time. This gift can be available and should be used at all times. And, and not necessarily out loud all the time, but it can be used. You know what the Bible says to pray without ceasing? We can pray in the Spirit. Pray in our prayer language without ceasing. You can do it at work while you're driving down the road. Yesterday, I ran a half marathon, and I was praying in the Spirit during the race and asking the Lord for help for sure. And, uh, and you can pray it at your home and wherever you go. You say, well, why would you pray in a, not a language that you cannot understand? Well, the reason, number one, is it's a direct communication with the Lord. And the second thing is that the devil can't understand what you're speaking, especially when you're praying in tongues of angels. Because the devil is made of flesh, right? Like he's, he's a fleshy, in, in the, when we pray in the spirit, we are, our spirit prays, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. We're speaking directly to God. And it operates in faith. And it, we're speaking God's words. Now, one of the resources I've used this in this last series is a guy, his last name is Reyes, and he talks about some big benefits that are available when we, uh, when we are using our prayer language of speaking in other tongues. And he talks about a direct fellowship with God. We've kind of mentioned that already. He also mentions that it brings rest and refreshment and peace. How many of us need that in our lives? Seriously. And so you pray in the Spirit. He also talks about a personal edification, that it builds us up spiritually. It's a huge gift. And it builds up God's presence in the atmosphere where you are in. And that goes to the next slide, that when we, it elevates or magnifies your level of praise, thanksgiving, and worship. When you come into a setting like this, and you're, we're worshiping, and there are words on the screen, and yes, we, we want to sing those words out together, congregationally singing. But when you switch into a prayer language and worship in your prayer language, it changes things. It magnifies what God wants to do. It also allows us to pray about the future. How many know uh, there are times in our lives where we don't know what to pray for? How many have been there? You're saying, man, I don't know what to do. I don't have a clue. When that happens, you pray in the Spirit. You pray in tongues. And God, He's praying. you're praying the perfect will of God. It's powerful. It also increases our sensitivity to be being led and hearing God's voice. These are huge, huge benefits as a believer. Now, it doesn't make you a better believer uh, or some sort of elite believer. Uh, if that was the case, I would be disqualified. I'd be the first one disqualified. But I wish, like the Apostle Paul, that every single person here and every single person watching online would be filled and would speak in their prayer language, would pray in the Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That'd be my heart for every single one of you. And I don't want to force it on you, but I do want you to understand that if you refuse to be used in this gift, or you're saying, man, I'm not so sure, maybe some of the other ones, but this one, it's too far. Listen, you need to dive in, because if you refuse, you are refusing to use one of the most powerful spiritual weapons that you have in your arsenal. And we need this. You need this. You need it every day. You need to stir it up. It's not something that happened when you went to camp when you were a kid and then you just leave it behind. It's a prayer language, a communication with God on a daily basis. I share with you my story that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. My dad was praying with me. Some of you were at the discovery night. And I was young. I was, you know, 10 or 11 years old. And, uh, and when I first started uh, to, to be uh, pray in the Spirit, there were like two little words that the Lord gave me. And I would say those over and over and over and over. For a, it seemed like for a long, long time. 
But a language develops the more you use it, right? Your kids, when they first start saying mama or dada, right, that they don't stop there. They learn other words, hopefully, and they grow in that. And the same is true with speaking in other tongues. It grows. And I've had experiences where I've been praying in the Spirit in, in a certain dialect of, that I don't understand, and then all of a sudden it changes and it sounds different. And I just, it's a different tongue. It, it expands, it grows, and it is incredible, and we should do it on a day-to-day basis. That's tongues for prayer. Your, that's the first out of the two when we talk about the gift of tongues. The second is tongues for signs' sake. 1 Corinthians 14, 22 says, Tongues then are a sign to not, believer, or to not believers, but for the unbeliever. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But it's a sign. If you're speaking in tongues in a group, whether it's your small group or here congregationally, and it commands the attention of the group, Then there needs to be an interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, 13. For this reason, the one who speaks in tongues should pray that they may interpret. And we want to eagerly be desiring this. And we understand. And there's confidence that comes. And what's great is that the speaking in tongues of your prayer language may sound the same or it may be different than the public use of tongues. But it's used in conjunction with the gift of interpretation. And it's no surprise, we've talked about that these spiritual gifts often are working in tandem. Many will work together to bring about God's word or God's glory. And there's a combination like many of the other gifts. And so let's talk about the gift of interpretation of tongues. Turn with me again to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Maybe your finger's still there. I want to read verse 1 again because it's so powerful. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want to leave you behind, in other words. And then in verse 10, it says, to still another, the interpretation of tongues. It's right there. And what's interesting, and this really, this truth that I'm about to share with you really helps me. It is not a word-for-word translation of the tongue or the words that are being spoken. It's an interpretation. It's supernatural for sure. It's a God-given gift to be able to do this, but it's not a word-for-word translation. For me, it takes the pressure off. It's saying, man, what if I made a mistake? What if I didn't say it word for word? No, it's an interpretation. It's the, it's the gist of what's being said. It's the, you get the point across. And it's interesting that when you really dive in to, and look at this particular gift, and in this way with tongues and interpretation of tongues, it's not for you if you are a believer. If you've got Jesus in your heart, and you love the Lord, tongues and interpretation is not for you. It's for the unsaved. It's to be a witness. It's a tool for us to reach one more. Now, let's just be honest. How many have ever thought, and don't, don't raise your hand to this, but you thought, man, I'm not going to that Pentecostal church because someone's going to speak in tongues. I'm not bringing, or I'm not going to bring my friends to that Pentecostal church because someone's going to speak in tongues, and then there's going to be an interpretation, and it's going to be so confusing, and and uh, it's just intimidating, and I don't want to. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And and you don't have to raise your hand, but I know it's probably crossed your mind at some level or not. Probably. The truth is, it's a sign for the unbeliever. So you don't even have to worry about it. The pressure is taken off. It's not for you anyways. And so let God be God. And if there's an unsaved person and they need the tongues and interpretation of tongues to draw them to the Lord, do you want to deny that? We need to get our unsaved friends here so they can hear the word of the Lord. And if it's tongues and interpretation, so be it. Amen? And so some of you, it's a, again, it's an interpretation. So there might be a long tongue and then a short interpretation. You're saying, how does that work? Or there's a short tongue and then a long interpretation. Again, 
It's an interpretation. And the key is if the sign tongue is used, it must be interpreted. Now, can it be the same person that gives, gives the tongue? The same person using both tongues and interpretation of tongues? Yes. Does it have to be that way? No. One person could be using the gift of tongues and someone else to interpret, and they work together in the same uh, category. But I would say this, according to Scripture, if you give a tongue, a, a, a tongue for public use, where it commands the attention of the people, you need to be ready to interpret if there's no one else to interpret. Say, well, who is it for? It's for the unsaved, for the unbeliever. It can be for one person out of a group of many, or it could be for many, but it's never for everyone in the group because it's for the unsaved, not for the believer. And when I kind of start to dive into this, I, I, I know that I've been intimidated by this. I've never been used in the gift of tongues publicly or in the interpretation of tongues. But my desire has been growing here. I really, I was sharing this with the staff before, not with you, Bobby, but with Bruce and with, uh, with Rachel. Uh, and we were talking about this before service, and I really liked what Rachel said. She's like, you know, it takes a lot of confidence. You have to have a really close relationship with the Holy Spirit to speak on the Holy Spirit's behalf. And I get that, but I desire that in my life, and I desire that in your life, because think of the benefits. It's for the unbeliever. We want to reach the lost, and, and God can use anything. He, and he does use tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, there are some rules around this. Turn with me to the next page, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there are some rules around the public use of tongues. And look what it says. It says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpretation, the speaker should keep quiet uh, in the church and speak to himself and to God. And so there's some rules around it, and we need to be aware of those things, and so we can manage and that things are done properly and in order. That's tongues and interpretation. And what's interesting is when you study these spiritual gifts, in, in, in particular the inspirational gifts, tongues and interpretation, when you put those two together, they are the equivalent of prophecy, just with a different outcome. And that let's move into the gift of prophecy. It's the last inspiration gift, and, um, and we'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, I'm going to read it again. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do you think Paul... Do you, th do you think this was important to Paul? It absolutely was. Verse 10 says, To another, prophecy. Words of prophecy. Verse 11, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Verse 31, it says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. What are the greater gifts? He goes into a, a section about the love. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And then in verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Follow the way of love. We should do all of this in love. And eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially, look what it says, prophecy. Especially prophecy. And then in verse 5, uh, chapter 14, verse 5, it says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And I would echo what Paul says, absolutely. But I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Again, tongues and interpretation together equal what prophecy does with a different outcome. Now, what is prophecy? The gift of prophecy is not the gift of telling, foretelling the future. That's the gift of wisdom. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The gift of wisdom is foretelling the future in a supernatural, God-given way. It's also not 
the same as operating in the office of a prophet. The Ephesians 4 talks about the five-fold ministry gifts, right? The pastors and teachers and evangelists, prophets and the apostles, right? And what's interesting when you understand this is that the gift of prophecy, so if you are used in this particular gift to, to bring a word of prophecy, it does not qualify you to be a prophet. There are different qualifications to work in the office of a prophet. So you say, well, what is it? Well, it's a spoken word, it's supernatural, it's God-given, and it's for the church. And there are three things when it comes to the gift of prophecy that, the, that prophecy does. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Number one, it brings exhortation. In other words, it lifts uh, uh, it lifts others up. It brings an encouraging word, and we need this. The second thing is that it edifies. It builds others up. There's a strengthening. So not only is it encouraging, but it's a strengthening as well. And the third thing it does is it brings comfort. So it exhorts, it edifies, and it comforts. And we need this to be active. That's why Paul said, I would encourage you to prophesy all the more. Now, what is the gift of prophecy not? It's not a rebuke. It's never criticism. And according to Scripture, it's not meant to give guidance. It's a word of encouragement, a word of comfort. It's a word that strengthens the body. And the gift of prophecy is for those that are saved. So when there's a word of prophecy, a gift of prophecy being used, it's for the believers. But there are some rules around the gift of prophecy, just like the rules around the gift of, of um, tongues and interpretation. Turn with me to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again, first, or th uh, 14, I should say. And we read verses 26 through 28 in regards to tongues and interpretation. Well, let's continue this. We're talking about good order within the worship setting. And it says this, Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. We'll talk about that in a second. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophet are subject to the control of the prophets. In other words, you don't, if you're given a word of prophecy, you're not out of control. It's not like God takes your tongue and, and does all the work. It's a yielding and you're working with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Amen? As in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Skip to verse 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and in an orderly way. I want you to turn to one more verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. When it, this, this actually... Uh, uh, relates to all the nine spiritual gifts. It says in verse 19, it says, do not quench the Spirit. We are not to quench the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on, it says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So, we have a responsibility. When a gift of prophecy is being used in a public manner, we, whoever else is in the congregation, the believers, should weigh and test and say, all right, I'm going to take what's good and discard what is not good. You say, wait a second. If this is a word from God, how could there be some that's not good or some that's even evil? Well, all of us are human, and we all have the ability to make a mistake. We could have part of the word right and then part of the word wrong. And so we need to weigh, we need to weigh it, 
And then we need to discern, saying, okay, we're going to hold on to this truth, but this part of the truth is not either right or it's not for the moment. And you say, wow, that's, that takes a lot of discernment, right? And uh, it absolutely does. But we are all called to do that. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, uh, Brightmore Tabernacle, and now it's Brightmore Christian Church um, in, in the Detroit area. And I was in a service. It was a Sunday night. I was sitting in this section right over here. And, uh, and during the worship, worship time, uh, a guy that was sitting kind of to my right, kind of in this section over here, actually stood up and gave a word of tongue and then started to interpret. And the pastor moved to the pulpit because the microphone was at the pulpit. And, and he said, brother, uh, you need to stop. That is not a word for us. And it was like this holy, reverent, like, holy smokes. How did the pastor know? Well, he was discerning. He was weighing. And he was protecting the congregation. You say, well, what was he protecting it from? Well, the person that stood, it came out about a month later that his marriage was uh, being dissolved. And uh, he was in this horrible, horrendous sin. And it was uh, in what... And he ended up leaving the church and, as far as I know, never returned. And the pastor protected the people from an abuse of the gifts of the Spirit. We are called to test and to approve. But it's not just the pastor that does that. You need to be listening and testing and taking what's good and discarding what is evil. And by the way, the last encouragement, there were six things about re, uh, hearing or yielding to the Holy Spirit um, in regards to um, uh, Tim Enloe's book. And the last one is that it must line up with the Word of God and the mission of Jesus. And how important is that? Uh, and it's got to line up with the Word. And so when we test, we're saying, all right, is that from God's Word? Would that line up with Scripture? Does that, is that consistent with the mission of Jesus? And if it is, then you receive it and you move forward. This week... I'm going to give a bunch of extra material online. I've been doing that over the last few weeks. And in regards to the gifts of the Spirit being active in the public manner, I'm going to do a couple videos around that. Um, but, but I want you to know that when we talk about these nine spiritual gifts, this is a safe place for us to practice, to, lear to learn to love each other, to, of course, get some teaching, but then also to put into practice some of these things. Because... When we first start to do anything, how many know it can be clunky? It can be a little intimidating. When you first learn to ride a bike, uh, some kids, uh, they just jump on and just go, but others, it takes some time, and, and it's difficult, and they may have some bumps and bruises along the way. And the same is true with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to get them active. We need to start practicing these things in our lives and it's for, for you and for your family and for the body of Christ and for those outside of these four walls. And so, Lord, help us in that. But we can make mistakes. I was thinking about it, and I think the best example that came to my mind, at least I, I think the Lord wants me to share this, is when I was um, in high school, I signed up for a missions trip, a statewide missions trip, and Jessica did the same. She was from Kalamazoo. I was from Detroit. And that's how we met. It was that trip that we, we met, which is really fun. But what's interesting, we, we both signed up for the choir. And we were singing in the choir. And our choir toured around the state of Michigan. And it was really awesome. And, the, you know, the, we'd sing. And then uh, the last song would kind of lead up to the altar time. And then, it, then God was really moving. It was really, really good. Well, at the, the last song, at the end of it, it kind of heading into the altar, one of the students in our choir, we had been talking about spiritual gifts and things and being, being trained in these things. He yells out, like at the top of his lungs, he says, stop! And it was freaky. It was scary. You remember that, Jessica? And, uh, and it was like, what in the world just happened? And then he went on and gave this word, and the word was right on the money, but the leaders kind of went, they grabbed him, and they took him off, and they, they, 
they encouraged him, they loved him, and they helped him to understand that the word that was given was spot on, but the delivery needed a little bit of work. (laughs) And what was great is that the leaders also came alongside and shared with the rest of our group after the fact. There were about 90 of us. Uh, No, no, that... It was just the choir, so maybe 30 or so of us that were traveling and shared with us personally, like, what happened, and and, and it was a great teaching moment. And the point, the reason I, I share that is because when you start to work in the gifts of the Spirit, you might make some mistakes, and it's okay. Keep on doing it. I would rather make a mistake and either be off or not quite right than to not be using the gifts of the Spirit and miss an opportunity for God to use you. And I understand that some of you are saying, well, I'd rather just play it safe. But listen, I want to encourage you that these gifts are for you. They're for your family. They're for the body of Christ. And they're for outside of these four walls. And I know I've said that now four times because it's absolutely true. Turn with me one more time to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse number one. It's the last time I'll read it, I promise. But it's so important. Now about spiritual, the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He later says to eagerly desire the gifts. 14 verse one. But then in verse 7, it takes the list and it says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given the Spirit, the message of wisdom. And remember we talked about this last week. That's a message about the future. And it's foretelling the future, something spiritual. It's a supernatural gift. It's an incredible gift uh, for the body, for you, for your family. To another, the message of knowledge. That's knowing something that you previously did not know that is either current or from the past, a word of knowledge. And then it goes on by the same Spirit. To another, Faith by the same Spirit. The gift of faith is an incredible gift where you're calling things that are not as if they were. And you're taking a a leap of faith, literally, by speaking uh, a word of faith. And it's an incredible gift within the body of Christ. It says, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by by one Spirit. We serve a God that still heals and still does the miraculous to another miraculous powers and often those work hand in hand to another prophecy the gift of prophecy to another the distinguishing of spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues and in verse 11 all of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I want you to stand right where you are. And we've created some space, some room in our service in order to experience the presence of God. And we're going to activate each other. But what we're going to do first is we understand that these gifts work in a greater, with greater ability when we are growing in our relationship with the Lord. When we spend time with God, when we spend time in His presence, these gifts have a greater ability to work. It's like, it's like oiling that up, you know, kind of on its way. It's, it's, it's good when you're in the presence of God, greasing the skids. I don't know why I thought of that. How many have ever heard that term? Three of you. Okay, good. So what we like to do is just start by pressing into the presence of God. If you're hungry for the Lord, I'm going to encourage you and to be used in these gifts. Service is not over. We don't want you to leave. We, in fact, lock the doors. No, just kidding. Not to lock you. But we want you to experience the presence of God. 
in the worship team, they're just going to play. No words to get going. We're going to just spend some time in the presence of God. And I'm going to encourage you to change your position. I'm going to encourage you to get out into the aisle or come forward or maybe find a place in the back to, 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 uh, to pray. And what we're going to do is Rachel and Pastor Bruce and myself, and I don't know if I have any other elders or any of the, uh, the board. Uh, we got uh, Dennis here. And Dennis, I'm going to activate you. Oh, and uh, uh, Eastman's, uh, absolutely. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to come, and whether you're up front or where you, if you stay where you are, we're going to come in this in this first section, and we're just going to press into the presence of God. We're going to pray for each of you. We're going to spend about five minutes. We're just going to make our way, land land our head, hands on you, and I believe that the gifts of the Spirit will be working through us, and maybe for some of you in particular, and we'll be open to that. But we're going to start by just kind of making ourselves known to the Lord, pressing in and enjoying the presence of God. And so as the worship team begins, just to play, or they already are playing, I want to just encourage you to step out, change your position, but find a spot where you can meet the Lord this morning or this afternoon. Let's do that all across this place. Lord, I pray you'd meet us here. We want to be open to you, God. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would just touch us with a fresh touch of your spirit. Lord, that you would do in this service uh, what only you can do. God, I pray. Holy Spirit, move in this place. God, have your way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's enjoy the presence of God. And we're going to just activate each other. And all across this place, you don't have to move. We're going to come to you. We'll come to you or you can step out either way. But we're just going to place our hands on you. We're going to pray a quick prayer, asking the Lord to touch you. God is desiring to activate you. These nine gifts are for you. They are for your family. They're for this church body. And they are for the outside of these four walls. Do you believe that? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to create, now we've prayed for you, We've asked the Lord to just touch you and maybe some of the gifts that have been at work already. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to, uh, similar to the way we did at our discovery night, if you were here, I want to activate you, and I want you to look around the room, and I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, do you have a word through me for someone else? Is there a, a, a gift of faith that you're giving me to speak into someone's life? Are you calling me to pray for someone for healing? And God, would you use me? Be a conduit of healing. Maybe it's tongues and interpretation. Maybe it's a word of prophecy. And, and I, I want to encourage you. You say, well, I don't know about these gifts. Well, all of us can work in the gift of prophecy right here, right now. You say, really? If you're a believer, you are eligible to use this gift. And Paul, he emphasizes it. He says, I wish that you would prophesy all the more. You say, well, let me remind you, remind you of what it is. It's simply giving a word of exhortation. That's encouraging word, lifting someone up. Edification, that's building someone up to strengthen them for the situation that they may be in. Or to bring a word of comfort. You say, hey, I could do that. And so what I want you to do, I know it's uncomfortable. I want you just to do it with 360 where you are look around and I just want you to ask the Lord Lord who are you directing me to use these gifts come on just all around look around look behind you there might be someone behind you that needs you to be activated and what we're going to do is we're just going to activate each other we've got just a few minutes here to do this and, and so when the worship team uh, after I pray here just momentarily I just want you to get out of your chairs and I want you to move and let the Lord use you. This is a safe place. You say, what if I make a mistake? Join the club. It's a safe place. 
Lord, I pray in these next few moments, Lord, that you would just speak through us. Lord, that you would be giving us these gifts to be used in this place. I pray that you would activate us. And Lord, the picture that you gave me first service, I'm seeing it again, is like a vault with a big lock on it. The lock is coming off and the door is opening and the gifts are being released right now in Jesus' name. Father, we receive these gifts and Lord, now we take a step of faith, Lord, together and to be used in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So what is it? Where are you going to go? Just move all across this place in the presence of God. Let the Lord lead you and to be used in these gifts, all right? Gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, a gift of faith, a discerning of spirit, that what's the spirit behind what's happening in that situation? The Lord may be revealing that. Gifts of faith and miracles, the gift of healing, Father, I pray that you would just use us in Jesus' name. All across the place. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit guide you. Yes, God. Speak through me, Lord. Speak through The Lord is breaking through from heaven to through that heaven to earth and he does it day in and day out he desires to use you in these spiritual gifts presence of God in this place right now. Just let me see your hand just for a second. You can feel God moving. You can sense Him in your life. The presence of God is real. The gifts of the Spirit are real. And my prayer for you is that you you be open to these and have confidence to be used in these gifts. They're not wacky. When you are used in a word of wisdom about the future, it's for God's glory to draw people. A word of knowledge about the past, God reveals something about the present or the past that you didn't know. It's incredible. When you speak that into someone's life, the word, the gift of faith is a powerful gift. It's the first power gift. Lord, let faith rise. interpretation does the same thing for the unbeliever. So again, the pressure's off. These aren't spooky things. These aren't wild and outrageous things. These are spiritual gifts 
God wants us to use. pray that you're open to those things. Lord, I pray that as we leave here in just the next moment, I pray that you would just uh, just go before us, behind us, and all around us. And God, we thank you for this. And for those that are still hungry, I pray that we would continue to press in to get everything we have, everything we need from you. In Jesus' name. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Rachel to make your way over here. If you have, and then uh, Bruce, if you could just make your way over here as well. If you're here today, and two things. If you, first of all, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, don't walk out of these doors without coming to the Lord. And, and Rachel and Bruce, they would love to pray with you. And we've got some tools and some next steps at each of these little tables underneath the big screens. But also, if, as the team just continues to play, just for the next little bit, if you're if you're not done, if you're saying, "Man, I need prayer specifically," I want just we're just going to open up the altar, and I will kind of pray for anyone that comes in the center. And then, if you need the Lord, um, you know, or a touch from the Lord, uh, Bruce and Rachel can pray. Also, they would love to chat with you about salvation and about your next steps. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And God, now as we go, uh, again, I pray that you go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you leave, refrain from conversation until you're out in the lobby. This is a holy place, holy ground here. Uh, continue to press in if you desire. Otherwise, go in the grace of God this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.